Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn or click uh, in your Bibles to two different passages of Scripture today. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is where we'll be first. And then if you want to put a marker in Deuteronomy chapter 15, that's where we'll be second. So Matthew chapter 6 and Deuteronomy chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to have every bit of Bible that I'm going to read will be on the screen. And we'd also love to give you one. If you don't have one, you can go by our info area and we'll give you a Bible um, there. So this week we're starting a brand new series that we're calling Blessed. We're calling Blessed. This is a series that's what the Bible says uh, about generosity and stewardship and really, really, in other words, how we handle our money. And what I know is that this affects every single one of us. And so a lot of times I think in church, we don't really want to go there. We don't want to talk about that. But the truth is, is that it affects every single one of us in some way, shape or form. And here's the great news. The Bible says a whole lot about the subject. In fact, let me just share a few things about what the Bible says about this topic. There are 215 verses on faith. Okay, so 215 verses on faith. There are 218 verses on salvation, which is pretty important. I think that's really important. But there's 2,058 verses on money. So it's pretty important. There's actually five times more verses about money than about prayer. And Jesus said more about money than heaven and hell combined. In fact, Jesus shared 38 parables, which are these stories that he shared alongside truths. And almost half, 16, are about money. And listen to what this verse says in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Here's why this is such a big deal. Because Jesus replied, this is him talking, but even more, everybody say that word with me, blessed. Even more blessed are all who hear the word of God, who hear those 2,058 verses, who hear those words of God and put it into practice. In other words, that blessing just doesn't come whenever we hear God's word. It just doesn't come whenever we hear God's word. So it's not enough just to position ourselves to hear God's word. It's not just enough just to read it. It's not enough just to go to church. Okay, I checked that off, so let me get my blessing. It says that scripture says that blessing comes when we hear God's word and, and, and here's the really important part, that when we put it into practice, when it starts to affect every single area of our life. Now, blessed is a very like churchy word. I get it. It's very Christianese. You know, it's like when you ask a church person, like, how you doing? And they'd be like, blessed. I'm just so blessed. I'm good. I'm blessed. You know, just too blessed to be stressed, you know. <laughs> too blessed to be depressed, you know. You know it's, a, it's a pretty churchy word, but let, let me give you kind of the working definition that we're going for in this series. Blessed means having God's power working for you. That's it. So being blessed means having God's power working for you. And the truth is that can be in any single area of your life including our money. And so just to be clear, I want to make sure right off the bat or at the start of this series 
that I want to make sure this is perfectly clear. This is not us endorsing or preaching some prosperity gospel. Listen, you can't buy a blessing. Okay? You can't. You can't buy a blessing. Our message is not we give to get. Our message is we get to give. In this series, we're going to be talking about having a blessed life, not a blessed wallet, not a blessed Gucci purse, okay? We're going to be talking about a blessed life. Now, please understand that this series is not motivated uh, by anything like that we need. I want you to know that this series is not going to end with some type of giving campaign or anything. Can I get a good amen to that? This, is, this series is not motivated by something we need. As a church, you need to understand that we made a decision all 60 weeks of our church, that we made a decision from the beginning that, that we, we want nothing from you. We want nothing from you, but we want everything for you. We just do it. Like, we don't want anything from you. We want everything for you. And so the majority of this this series, the majority of the content is actually from this book right here. It's called The Blessed Life. And this is from uh, a pastor by the name of Robert Morris, who actually is the lead pastor of a church called Gateway Church in Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex. It's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing church. In fact, um, like I got a chance to serve on staff at this church. So really, Pastor Robert's one of my spiritual fathers. And, um, and they're actually one of our sending home churches into that. They've been, they've been with us every single step of this crazy church planning adventure. And, uh, and we, we love this. And so, and really because I want to prove the fact that we don't want anything from you, that we want everything for you. And the fact that one of our values is that generosity is our privilege. And I want you to know that this content from this book, it changed my life. Literally the first time that I heard this, it completely changed my life. And, um, and what I believe is it'll change your life. And because this is such a big part of our spiritual DNA as a church, and I'm so excited for this series, um, we just thought it would be really cool if we gave you a copy of this book. Yeah, we're going to give you a copy of this book. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of like an Oprah moment. It's kind of like you get a book, you get a book, you get a book. It's fun. I love that. Um, but, but here's the deal. Um, when we ordered these, we planned this way in advance, and you know, we, we actually try to plan some things around here, and uh, when we planned these in advance, uh, when we ordered them, our church has grown since we ordered these books, and so we may not have one for every person, especially if, if people that come to our next service, and so this is what I'm going to ask of you, okay? I'm going to ask that uh, because we really want you to have this. Okay, like, like we really want you to have this. It's not just some token. So, but, but I want you to want this. Um, and so we're going to ask that one per family. Okay, so if you're here and, 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 and you, got your, you got your boo thing with you, you know, just grab one. Just grab one. One per family. Share it. Read it together. One, whoever reads fast, reads first. And then the other one. <laughs> Whatever the case, just one per family. Um, and then I, I just want to challenge you that if you take this, read it. In fact, would you read it during this series? Because I think it's really cool for us to go on this journey together as a church. And I just want to challenge you that if you take it, read it. And so we're going to have those available right after service. And I want to encourage you to get this. I believe with all my heart that the contents from this book and this approach to generosity and stewardship, 
I've never heard it before, and it changed my life. And I'm so excited to share a lot of that content in this series. And today, if you're taking notes, we're going to be kicking off this series with a message entitled, It's All about the heart. Write that, write that message title down. Maybe if you're taking notes, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And how many of you know that, um, that the heart, it's not the biggest muscle in the human body, but it is really, really important <laughs> that when the heart stops working, everything else stops working. That when the heart's not right, everything's not right. And I believe that's true physically and spiritually. In fact, in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, it says this, above everything, above all else, guard your heart for everything, everything you do flows from it. And today I wanna show you that even giving and even generosity is all about the heart. So Matthew chapter six is where we're gonna start. And we're gonna read three verses starting in Matthew chapter six, verse 19. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now here's the verse that I really wanna make sure that we all get. And notice the order, notice the order. For where your treasure is, there, there where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think it's very important for us to realize, did you catch it? That your treasure doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your treasure. In other words, that your money is connected to your heart. Now, let me get practical. Because if your money is in your kid's sports, so if it's in fall ball, and cheerleading competitions, and soccer clubs, that your heart will be there. That if your money is in the stock market, and you start investing heavily into stocks, and you know these specific stocks, I promise you, your heart is gonna be there in the stock market. If your money is in Bengals season tickets, <laughs> I promise you, your heart is there. I promise you, if you have season tickets, you care more than all of us. <laughs> and you're heartbroken. You're like, oh, because, because there's this principle. And if your money, get this, is in the kingdom of God, and if your money is in building his church, guess where your heart's going to be? Now, here's the tension in the elephant in the room a lot of times when you talk about this, where it's like, okay, why did I come to church today? Like the giving, ah. Uh, why is the church, maybe let's forget about this. Why is God? I feel like God is all about my money. That's all he wants. And that's kind of the tension in the room, the, the kind of the elephant in the room. Like God's only after my money. Let me make this perfectly clear. God doesn't want your money. God wants your heart. And he knows that your heart is connected to your money. And that's why, that's why it's all about the heart. So if it's all about the heart, how do we develop that type of heart? 
How do we develop the type of heart that God wants us to have in this area? There's a beautiful passage of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 15. It's an incredible kind of whole chapter. And we're going to kind of dive into Deuteronomy chapter 15 because I believe it perfectly tells us how to develop the type of heart that God wants us to have in this area. And we're going to start reading verse 7. It says, if anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites, that's the people of God at the time that this was written. In any of the towns of the land, the Lord your God has given you. Listen to what it says. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Did you notice that a hard heart leads to a closed hand? Is that so many times this hard heart leads to this closed hand? That, that, that's the wrong heart. But then he tells us the right heart to have. He says, rather be open-handed. Another translation that I read this week said, be generous and freely lend them whatever they need. And this is the type of heart that God wants us to have. And the next few verses tell us how to actually accomplish that. So let me give you four things with the remaining time that I have. Number one, write this down, deal with a selfish heart. That's the first thing we have to do. We have to deal with a selfish heart. In the very next verse in Deuteronomy 15 verse nine, the writer goes on to say, be careful not to harbor this, and he even calls this wicked, this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year for canceling debts, and I'll come back to this because it's really important that we understand this for the context, is near. So that you do not show ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing that they may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. I know that's really strong language. Now to understand this verse, you need to know that back in the day, in the time that this was written, in the Old Testament, God implemented an economic system where all debts, all debts were canceled every single seven years. Come on, how many of you would like to re-implement that economic system? <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? No debt every seven years. So this verse is saying that there's going to be times where people who are in need are going to come up to you and maybe you are like six months away from that happening. And everything inside of you is going to be like, I don't want to give to them right now because they're not going to be able to pay me back. If this was year one or year two and I still had five, six more years to be able to get that money back, okay, I understand. Maybe I would give that to them. But the Bible says here in this that even if you're really close to that year where all debts are canceled, still be generous, still be able to give. But you're going to be tempted to not to give, to be selfish. And that what it really says is that this is a heart issue. And he has this really strong language in that verse where he calls it wicked and he says it's sin. And listen, here's what we need to understand about selfishness. Selfishness, it attacks before we give. So it, it attacks before we give. So selfishness attacks before we give. And the truth is we are all born selfish. If you don't believe me, ask any parent in the room right now. Because we never have to teach our kids to be selfish. Parents, can I get an amen here? We never have to teach them. You know what, son? I need you to be selfish today. You're sharing too much. No, like, like I'm convinced that 73% of parenting is teaching our kids not to be selfish. And um, 
you know, if you think about even like kids' first words, I, I'm, I'm sure somebody's done a study on this, but I'm sure that after mama, dada, mine is one of the first words of every kid. And if you've ever like had like play dates where you had people over and this happens to, to, to our sons when they were younger, we, we'd have people over and we'd have other kids over and kids would always go up to these toys that they haven't played with in six months. And as soon as they get that toy, our sons would run up to them. We have two sons. They would run up to them, snatch it out of their hands and say, mine. I'm like, stop it. Why do you do that? And, uh, you know, just, just mine, mine, mine. Um, you know, some of us are still doing that when we're 30. And 40. Mine, mine. Um, See, we're born selfish, but here's, here's some great news. We're born again generous. We're born selfish, but we're born again generous. So let me ask you a question. Why do you think God invented giving? Like, think about that. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about, what, like, why? Why did God invent giving? I think most people, when I've asked that question before, most people say he needs giving to support his work. Okay, now let's think about this for a second. Do you really think that God who created the heavens and the earth with his words needs our giving to accomplish his work? Thank you. Like, is the light bill in heaven getting a little out of hand? Everybody just leaving all the lights on all the time, you know? Are they running out of gold for the streets? Get this, get this. Church, God did not create giving for his sake. He created giving for our sake. Here's why. Giving is the number one thing that works selfishness and greed out of our lives. And that's why we don't buy into the prosperity gospel where we give to get. Because that type of thinking, I think makes God actually be like, oh great, they're getting the revelation of getting. But he doesn't want that. He wants to have the revelation of giving. Because when, when it's all about give to get, that thinking actually works selfishness and greed back into our lives. And so Proverbs 11, verse 24 puts it this way. The world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy, the, the, the selfish, gets smaller and smaller. So we have to deal with a selfish heart. Here's number two. We have to deal with a grieving heart. A grieving heart, grieving heart. The next verse in verse 10, it says, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Now, that, that in the translation I'm reading, the NIV, it says grudging. But a lot of the translations, maybe in your Bible, it says a grieving heart, a grieving heart. Then, because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. It says, do not give with a grieving heart. In other words, that when you give, you immediately feel grief, and regret, and sadness. And listen, if selfishness attacks before we give, grief attacks after we give. 
And so a lot of times the, the selfishness will keep us from giving on the front end. But after we give, a lot of times this grief can attack us after we give. And what I believe is that's often the result when we reluctantly give, when we're pressured or guilted into giving. Because in those situations, you give because you feel like you have to, not because you want to. And by the way, that's not how we roll as a church. We don't roll like that. In fact, here's why. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, it says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves, he loves a cheerful giver. We don't want you to give out of guilt. We want you to give out of obedience. We don't want you to give because you feel like you have to. We want you to give because you want to. Okay? It's very important that you know this. Now, I don't know why. Sometimes I have these thoughts. They just pop into my head. And I just got to be real. So I had this thought just now. Like, um, I, I, I am so, I'm thinking about lunch. I'm so excited for lunch today. It's going to be a long day. We're going to do a lot of services. We set up, we take down, we got, we got heart and soul tonight. I'm so excited. So I'm already planning, you know what, I'm going to do it right at lunch. I'm going to treat yourself. I'm going to, it's going to be good. We're going to do it right. But I literally just had this thought, but I don't got any money. I don't got any money. Oh, Sam. My goodness, look at Sam, he's being so generous. $100 for me and my family. Sam, you, you are such a good man right there, you're so kind. Now here's a question, why did Sam get up so quickly when he heard that I had a need and gave me this money? Because I gave it to him before church and told him to do it. <laughs> That's why I gave him this $100. Because I told him to. I said, hey, when I talk about it, I need, some, I need some money. I need you to hop up real quickly and give me this, give me this $100. And so he did. He, he executed your part of the plan brilliantly. Good job, Sam. Get this, get this, get this. He's not grieving that he gave me this money. There's nothing inside of him that is grieving now that he gave me this $100. Why? Because it wasn't his money. Listen, the reason why we grieve after we give is because we think it's ours. See, but my Bible says in Psalm 24, verse 1, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, that the world and all its people belong to him. Psalm 89 verse 11 says, the heavens are yours and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. And these verses, they illuminate this very important principle that God is the owner and I am the steward. And listen, church, man, I, I, listen, here's my motivation. I wanna help you. I wanna help you. And what I believe is that if you get this principle, it will completely change your life. It's changed my life. This principle right here has changed my life. That God is the owner of everything. And I am the steward. And here's what stewardship is. It's simply taking care of something that is not yours. Stewardship is just taking care of something that is not yours. And life, let me tell you, is stewardship. Life is stewardship because everything we have is God's. We're trying to teach our kids this, and we're trying to teach them this with, with this iPad. Now, 
If you can notice, this is, this is a kid's iPad, okay? Um, <laughs> this is not my case. <laughs> this is not what I use throughout the week. And so a couple years ago, we got them this iPad. And ever since then, we'll catch them every now and then. And they'll say stuff like, where's my iPad? I say, hold up. It may look like that belongs to a kid, but make no mistakes about it. That iPad is not yours. That iPad is your daddy's. So I'll make him ask. So you want to ask that again? I'll say, so where's your iPad? <laughs> and we have them ask that because I want them to understand, I mean, even from a young age, that they don't own it. That it belongs to their dad. That that's what it is, that everything, I'm, I'm sitting there, I try to tell them over and over again, guys, everything you have belongs to your dad, even the old digital babysitter. Come on, parents. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm trying to teach them everything that you have belongs to your dad. And today, here's what I'm trying to teach you. Everything that you have, it belongs to your dad. Because God is the owner and I am the steward. So we have to deal with a selfish heart and deal with a grieving heart. And then number three, we have to develop a generous heart. Develop a generous heart. In Deuteronomy 15 verse 14, it says this, Supply them liberally, generously from your flock your threshing floor and your wine press. Give to them as the Lord your God has blessed you. And God is saying, I've blessed you, that you have my power working for you. But listen, that's not for you. I've blessed you to be a blessing. And I've blessed you not just for you to experience that, but for you to make a difference in the lives of other people. I've blessed you to do that. And what I believe is that this next season as a church, we have some amazing opportunities to kind of develop this generous heart. And let me give you two specific areas that I want to challenge you as our church. And the first is this. And these are these random act of kindness cards that you can find in our, in our lobby. And you can find them. We actually have these up every single week. And we have these available for you to take. And there's this little display and these cards, it just says, here's a small gift to brighten your day, no strings attached. And here's what I love. Around this season, where it's so much about getting, I want our church to be known for giving. And so I want us to, as a church to literally blitz our city with acts of kindness over the next two months. To say, you know what, in this mindset... We want to be generous and we want to develop a generous heart. So how we can do that is that we can take some time. We even have ideas. We, ha we have some ideas in our info area if you want to get that. But I just want to challenge you today to grab some of those and look for opportunities to be generous. And then just give them that card and say, hey, we just want to make sure that we love and we serve our city with no strings attached. And I believe that's an incredible way to do that. Here's another really tangible way that you can develop this generous heart. And I wanna invite you to be a part of our once a year legacy offering. That's gonna be happening on December 8th, which is five weeks away. And our definition of legacy is this. Legacy is where my life outlives me. 
It's where my life just outlives me. And on this day, we take up a special offering. It's really, we only do this one time a year. And what's different about this offering is that we give 100% of it away. And so we've been uh, given so many amazing opportunities for us to be able to bless not only people here in our city, but really all over our world. And I can't wait to share some of those opportunities with you that we have to share. In fact, let me just share one. Uh, Because with this legacy offering, we actually were approached by a ministry called One Hope. And One Hope, their whole passion is this. This is a good passion, by the way. Getting the word of God to every single child on planet Earth. That's a big vision. And so they, they are the ones who actually created the Bible app for kids. So if you've ever seen the Bible app for kids, they created that. Well, they are working on getting that app in every single language in the world. But they need churches to partner with them to help make that happen. And so we've already made a commitment that we're gonna help get this, the Bible app for kids in Slovakian. (laughs) Yes. And so, but that's where part of that legacy offering is gonna go, is towards kids in the country of Slovakia getting the word of God. Come on, that's, 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 that's some good. And uh, we've got so many different opportunities for that. And here's why we're telling you five weeks in advance so that you have plenty of time to pray and ask God if you should give first and then what you should give. So I just challenge you to do that. Uh, We're we're not going to ask you to give, but we will unapologetically ask you to ask God if you should give. And I think he's going to say yes. And then what you should give. And just no pressure. And what we believe is that on that Sunday in five weeks, we're going to do this thing together as a church. And by the way, you're not giving to a church. You're going to give through a church. Because we, we have the, we, like, the opportunities have come to us, and then we'll, we'll kind of, you'll give through us. And um, we believe that that generosity from that day is going to leave a legacy. That it's not just going to make a difference right here today, but it's going to make a difference in eternity. That lives are going to be changed. And so how do we develop the right heart, you got to deal with the selfish heart, deal with the grieving heart, develop a generous heart. And then finally, here's the last one, write this down. Number four, develop a grateful heart, develop a grateful heart. Deuteronomy 15, verse 15, it says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord, your God redeemed you. That is why I gave you this command today. This is why I told you to give. If you remember where you were. Now the Bible says, if you want to look it up, it's in Exodus chapter 12, verse 40, that they were slaves in Egypt for 430 years. And God says in this verse, remember that. Don't forget. Don't forget where you were. Why? Because I think it is so easy to forget. I think it's so easy to forget where we were, what God's done. But also I think he reminds them to remember, to not forget, because whenever we remember where we were and we remember what God's done, there's like gratefulness that comes up inside of us. There's thankfulness that develops inside of our hearts. Listen, sometimes you need to remember where you were and what God has done in your life. Oftentimes in my devos, when I'm spending time with God, in fact, it happened right over there during worship today. Right over there today, when I was spending time and our worship team was leading us in worship, God brought to my mind where I was. 
and what my life was like before him and where he's taken me in my life. And I'm telling you, everything good in my life has happened because of God, everything. And when I look back and I see his fingerprints all over my life, when I see, I'm telling you, my life is a miracle. Nobody would have picked me to be doing what I'm doing, including me, nobody. A quiet kid with a stutter that was scared to death to talk because he'd get made fun of. From the middle of nowhere, literally grew up in the middle of 22,000 acres of state on land, no neighbors, three mile gravel road, he's just to get to my, nobody would have picked me. I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life. I'm so thankful. And when I remember all the things that God has done in my life, I can't help but be grateful. I can't help but be generous. When I think about all the different things that he, he's done and I remember what God has done. In fact, when I remember that God so loved the world, that he so loved me, that he, he gave. Listen, he, he sets the tone for giving. He never asked us to do something that he hadn't already done, that he gave, and we can never outgive that. So he loved me and you, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When I think about that, I can't help but be grateful. I can't help but be generous. See, generosity's greatest motivation is gratitude. And it's very easy to give when you realize what he's already given to you. It's all about the heart. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And just right here, before we leave, just right here in this moment, why don't you just ask God, just pray this right here in your seat. Don't worry about who's around you. This is a moment for you and God. Just ask him, what are you speaking to me right now? What does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God. You've never said yes to grace. You never said yes to Jesus. You never received what God has already given to you. And your response isn't to give and be generous. Your response is to receive today. And maybe you've never fully given him your life. And above everything, listen, he wants your heart. He wants your heart and he wants a relationship with you. And we wanna give you that opportunity today and we're not gonna point you out make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. But today, if you want to give Jesus your life, if you wanna receive grace, if you wanna receive forgiveness, if you wanna start a relationship or restart a relationship with God, if you wanna come back to God, and if you're here and that's you, and that's the decision that you know that you need to make, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to just put your hand in the air and just say, that's the decision I need to make and we're gonna to pray together and you just wanna say, include me in that prayer. So if that's you and you wanna make that decision, whether it's for the first time or you're coming back to God, 
I want to encourage you, put that hand in the air when I count to three. One, two, three, put it up. Just put it up. I got you. I got you. Anybody else? I got you. That's great. That's great. That's great. I got you. I got you. I got you. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Anybody else? That's the decision. I got you in the very back. I got you. That's great. You can put your hands down. And just why don't right here, just in your seat, why don't you just pray something like this in your heart? Just say, Jesus, I need you and I love you. Thank you for that gift. And I'm so sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me and make me brand new? I I give you my whole life. I surrender. I give you my life, my whole life, everything. And God, today, I choose to follow you with everything that I have, not just for today, but for the rest of my life, I have decided to follow Jesus. And with every eye still closed and every head bowed, deep down, here's what I believe, guys. I believe with all my heart that I think we all want to be generous. I think God put that on the inside of us. We all want to be generous. But it starts with the heart. It starts with our heart. And I've been asking God all week, God, will you deal with my heart? Would you deal with our hearts? It's all about the heart. But let's take just a moment at the start of this series and give God any selfishness that we may have. So why don't right there, just in your seat, even if you wanna just hold your hands out as just an act of surrender and just be able to say, God, I open up my heart and I give everything to you. And so let's pray that. Let's just say, God, search our hearts. We, we give you any selfishness. God, we open up our hearts completely to you and do what you want to do in this series. We set aside our agendas. We set aside like our preconceived notions. And God, we give you permission to do whatever you want to do in this series. We give you any fear that may be attached to this. We give you any past hurt that's attached to this. We give you any skepticism that may keep us from receiving, not from a man, but from you. And so God, I ask in Jesus' name, would you do a deep work in the area of our hearts when it comes to generosity? God, we thank you. We thank you for just an incredible, incredible, just how you give us such incredible content from your word on this. So God, we open up everything, our hearts, our minds, everything, and ask that you speak to us in this series. We love you. And we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, church, there was about 10 people that just raised their hand and made the best important decision of their life. Come on, can we celebrate with them? Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 